It is Monday, Monday. and I just asked Julie for a quick synopsis of, um, aka should I watch Claire as a Bachelorette for the last two episodes and catch up, and she said, don't do it. listen to um the bachelor podcast on apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to your podcasts i would say they're the best because they don't let her get away with her dumbass shit claire i appreciate that hey listen i have a love-hate relationship with claire either she's like speaking and i'm like yes queen or she's speaking and i'm like claire stop being a brat (laughs) you're 39 shut shut your fucking mouth you're 39 you were cool 10 seconds ago, but then you continued to speak, and now we have issues. Now I feel like you're a child. Like, please stop. So, yeah, I have mixed emotions about Claire. But we are eight days, basically seven days, because it's late on Monday today. So it'll be seven days come 7 p.m. today, it's away 7 from. 7 p.m. today. Election. Moment. From election Elizabeth, day, yes. Elizabeth's having a conniption. And I have a very <laughs> uh, relevant anecdote that happened to me today regarding what we're discussing discussing somewhat you want me to start with that 1000 percent. is it about the article that you sent me no i wasn't even bringing that up okay okay but if that becomes becomes relevant um later i can bring it up so i was coming back from the grocery store during my lunch break and there was this lady at my door and she had put she had put something like around the door knob or something. I, I actually thought she was the census woman, so I had half a mind to pull back out of my driveway and drive away. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, God. No, complete your census. It's so important. I, I talk about that in here. So it's not necessarily – listen, it has nothing to do with not wanting to complete the census. It's about not wanting to sit down with the census person and talk to them because last year – Brandon was too nice to send them away and he invited the woman into the house and they sat in the living room for like an hour and had tea no. and they and he verbally filled out the census and then she hung out and I was like why is this happening like while I was at work <laughs> it was when I discovered Brandon had not memorized my birthday and I was like uh we're getting married no he knows it now he knows it now because I I gave him so much shit for it. And, like, we were all three laughing. The census woman last year was like, really? You guys are engaged? You don't know her birthday? I was like, yeah, Brandon, you don't know my birthday? <laughs> so now now he does. He committed it to memory. But I think he guessed April 20th, which is just That's only That's Hitler's birthday and him. also That's, Columbine Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Julie. <laughs> That's not my birthday. Hitler's birthday is your birthday? No. no wait, the day before. Oh. <laughs> But that's going to be somebody's birthday that listens and they're going to get it. I know. And I said it to you like it was your fault. Like you had control over it. Uh, It was not the census lady, however. It was a canvasser and she was going around house to house canvassing. And so I thought it would be nice because I think. Wrapping your house in canvas? No. Do you not know what canvas is? That was a joke. Oh. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. So canvassing (laughs) is basically when people go door to door and they represent. Um, a party and then they're party, like, and then they're oh, like, okay. voted yet? Yeah, yeah. Do you know who you're voting for? Let me talk to you about the issues, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, Copper really, really, really doesn't like those people. Rusty he doesn't, doesn't like anybody. Either. He probably doesn't like anybody that comes to the door. Yeah. So, so what'd you do? Well, I got out of my car and when she said she was canvassing for the such and such party, um, 
I'm not going to even say who it was because that's not the point. Um, you'll figure it out probably based on context. And I was like, oh, like, that's fine. Um, give me just a second. Let me put my mask on so I can come talk to you. She was actually looking for the person that lived in the house before. Um, mm. Our house was rented before we purchased it. I said, oh, sorry, she doesn't live here anymore. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, but me and my husband already voted, and we voted this way, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, thanks for your support. And um, we kind of just got into a conversation. I asked her how many undecided voters, or had she run into any undecided voters yet? And she actually That's said, yeah. That's a great yeah. question. She said a few. She said she had run into a few, which, I mean, to me at this point, I'm like, how is anybody undecided? But whatever. There are, there are people out there that yes. are undecided. And she also said that – However, some of the people she spoke to that claimed they were undecided, she felt based on their conversation that they weren't undecided. They just didn't want to tell her who they were voting for. Oh, I feel that. I feel that. Some of that. She just wants to make sure everybody that may vote with her party is going to actually get out there and vote. 100%. Yeah. And um, she said something about, um, she said she canvassed back in 2016 and um, she was like, you know, I want to cross my fingers and toes, but I, you know, in 2016, we maybe thought we were ahead, popular vote, and then, you know, you saw what happened, so I'm not, you know, going to hold my breath, but I, she was like, I just feel like on election day, I want to know that I did everything I could do, and mind you, this woman was like a solid, like, an older baby boomer, like, she was Ooh. very clearly retired, like, she like was 60s. Probably- like 70s she was older um spry and cute but definitely older like probably like 75 76 years old oh wow and she said sometimes i wonder if i should move to a state where it doesn't really matter um because that state's always red or blue so Mm. she feels because i think what she was saying is in florida she feels a lot of responsibility to actually get out there and canvas because we were a swing state yes and um when she said that, I didn't tell her about the podcast because I'm like, Lord knows I don't need Kathy the canvasser looking this up on our podcast. But um, I basically said my friends and I were discussing the Electoral College and how, you know, we question whether or not it's still relevant because to us it feels like every vote should count equally against every other vote in the nation. And, like, why does the state – why is the state relevant? Why shouldn't it just be each individual American's vote counting equally? And um, she Like American she, Idol. Well, yeah, yes. like American Idol. Or we texted in. We texted in. Yeah, it just texted um, my vote in. But it was funny because she's a baby boomer, and she said she agreed with me. And then she said, and this made me feel good. We talked for probably 10 minutes, and she goes, well, you, this conversation made my day, and it gives me hope and makes me happy that voters your age are talking about these things. And I was like, Kathy. It was the cutest thing. And, was um, her name actually Kathy? Her name was actually Kathy. Kathy the cancer. Um, because she, well, she said, are you Catherine? Is she and on I said, Insta? I don't think so. <laughs> she said, are you Catherine? When it's I stuck my head out my car window and I said, I'm Julie Catherine. And she goes, oh, I'm looking for Catherine. And Catherine was the name of the lady that lived here before. So it was all oh. three, three Kathy. So that's how her name came up. But yeah, it was really cute. And then she ended the conversation by saying, sorry, with this mess that we left you. And by we, she meant the boomers. Oh. And I said it. I said it. Were you like, I respect that. Yeah. I'll take that. In my head, I I appreciated her. I appreciated her acknowledgement of the issue. But yeah, I told her it's okay. We're, we're, we're voting 
and you know and she said she had a lot of hope in our generation and the generation beneath us so i thought that was really oh, a whole gen it was, z is really gen gonna z. kill it it was I really, really a wholesome so. conversation once yeah. they stop eating the damn tide pods they're gonna get it together and everything oh no i think fun. they're done like i think they probably just don't taste good anymore like now they're just like moving on i will say i threw a tide pod into the laundry yesterday they do look like candy did you see that the u.s <laughs> kids or what's what's the documentary called u.s kids about um the group of Gen Zs that have been making such a movement. Um, ugh, let me look. I gotta. I want to know. I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Amy Schumer posted it last yesterday, and um, it was on YouTube free to watch. Ooh, U.S. Kids. Uh, it was on YouTube until 11:59 on Sunday night, and I missed it. I didn't see the post until today. But it's U.S. kids, and it's about the, like, movement um, of this, like, group of Gen Zers, or sorry, Gen Xers, that are, like, getting into politics and, like, actually, like, taking a stand and stuff. It's really, really interesting. So um, I'm going to send it to you guys on Instagram, and maybe we can try to find a way to watch it. Well, I have a – go ahead. I have a massive list of, like, books in my Amazon – cart that cart. I was supposed to buy a long time ago about like all the various uh put them on your Christmas list exciting political things that's what I'm or your your Hanukkah list I'll do both I mean okay. I'm not Jewish but I, I know someone who is that counts right I do too I'm gonna throw him a Christmas party oh like Seth Cohen he because well yeah because he celebrates both he celebrates um Hanukkah and Christmas but he's Jewish, oh. and I was like, I've never celebrated Hanukkah, but I would like to welcome that into my home, and we can. Just I make a pretty good brisket, actually. Do you, you really? Do. Yeah. Oh shit. And okay. I can make a latke, so. <laughs> <laughs> just. Uh... Um, well, tangent aside. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This episode is actually not about canvassing nor about how you should vote because although anybody that has been listening to the podcast can figure out, me, Elizabeth, and Sarah Allen all vote the same way. We also don't pressure anyone to vote any specific way. Um, this podcast episode is a history happy hour about the history of the Electoral College, why it was instated, and we'll be chatting on our personal opinions on whether or not we still think it makes sense. I would say for me on the surface, honestly, off the bat, I don't think it makes sense, but Sarah Allen, you may be able to change my mind because you're just going to deliver the facts. Um, or maybe you reaffirm my opinion. I don't know. She, you're here for the facts. And so that's, that's what we call upon you. So I did a very deep dive on this, something that I really haven't dove into since I was probably like 16 or 17 years old. Yeah, it was um, AP Gov. So it would have been for sure 15, AP Gov. 15, and, and even then you don't really no, get 16. into a full AP Gov and AP. That would have been, we were 15, sophomore year of high school. Yeah, AP you're Gov. Right. You're yeah. Right. Shout out Mr. Tusing. I was going to um, say, wait, how could we forget? <laughs> um, and then we accuse that kid of saying polar bears don't matter. But anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> so I'm going to hit you guys with some fast facts really quick before we get into like the real meat and potatoes of this. So the Electoral College consists of 538 electors. Um, so each candidate has their own group of electors, which is called a slate um, the slates are generally chosen by that candidate's political party, uh, but some state laws vary on how their electors are selected and what their responsibilities are. The electors are chosen in a two-step process. Step one, the political parties in each state choose the slates of potential electors before the general election. And then step two, 
During the general election, the voters in each state select their state's electors by casting their ballot. Also, fun fact, Sarah Allen, I know you already know this, but Elizabeth, you might not. Not every state <laughs> requires you to pre-register to vote. In some states, you can just show up on election day with your driver's license. Yes. That's fucking wild. It's another yeah. stupid thing we do in Florida that I don't understand. Why don't we do that? So you'll find that most states that require you to register to vote had Jim Crow laws. Oh, fun. I understand now. That's so cute. Adorable. Way to go, Southeast United States. Finger guns. So now I understand a little bit more about why that... That, that makes a lot of... Not, not I'm nervous this is going to be a two-parter because we're going to ask so many questions along the way. That's okay. I am... Okay. Listen, if we can release it as a two-parter, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I have never been more passionate about anything if than we the hit, Listen, if we hit 45 minutes, we can do an outro and then start a new session and finish and release yeah. the second part. I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, so... Uh, So like I said, uh, Florida has 29 electoral votes. In order to receive those, you have to receive so many popular votes. Um, So as you can see, it's very confusing. Um, I'm I'm Google imaging electoral college and there's lots of graphs. So it's a lot of graphs. And also a lot of David Rose of you, Elizabeth. Thanks. I just finished Shit's Creek today. Like literally the season series, I'm sorry, series finale happened to me today. And I was trying not to cry. Love Shit's Creek. I don't know why the internet in here is bad. This is where the router is. I don't know. <laughs> because no part of this conversation is going to make sense, so therefore your internet can't make sense either. Nothing yeah. Nothing about this conversation can if make If anything, sense. I'll just be like, Kyle, can you fix it? The thing about the graphs, uh, the, elect- the number of electorates you have is obviously population-based, but those graphs are skewed because gerrymandering <laughs> what i can hear who's Julie. that who's oh who's oh gerrymandering who is that? so gerrymandering who's is jerry where, okay i was nervous it was a term like it was like a verb it is a verb gerrymandering oh, it is oh, a, oh technically it's great. a gerund it's a noun acting as a verb got it Good. or a verb acting as Grammar. a noun um that uh it's that english minor uh super hireable over here um Anyways, it's uh, it's where you redraw districts to specifically enhance the ability for one political party to win out a vote in order to gain more seats within that political party. That's allowed? It's not, but it happens all the time. Like so many other things. Like so many other things. It's not as common as it used to be, um, but it does happen. So, Fellatio uh, is illegal in some states. Oh, I didn't know that. Can I do it mm-hmm. here? Am I allowed to do it here? I don't think so. I think Florida is on the on the. We'll have list. to keep it on the low key then. <laughs> but yes, so gerrymandering is like essentially rigging the system. Okay. For your party's benefit, it happened. There was a major court case uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years, in Pennsylvania, where there was gerrymandering happening in like Philadelphia suburbs and Pittsburgh suburbs, in order to boost the Republican parties. Um, you know, like stakeholders in those areas. Hmm. So that's typically why it's done. Um, anyways, the reason those graphs and charts or whatever are super skewed is because we don't always get accurate population counts, and that's why the census is so important 
because your representation in Congress is based solely on your population within your state and the population within that district. I never mm-hmm. said I wasn't going to do my census. I just said I was going to do it online. For the people listening, we do this. We do our census every year. I just don't want to invite them back into the house. So let's begin with the history of the Electoral College. So it was created as a means of ensuring that states that had lesser populations would still have equal representation in presidential elections. Which, at one point probably made sense made total sense at the time just gonna put that out there but that was 1787 and it's now 2020 so Mm. things are different um plague is no longer riddling the population more than just white men are in power so it was always understood that the founding fathers wanted to put the power back in the hands of the people um and so most of our representation was based on population size it was the easiest way to determine You know, larger states that had more people obviously garnered more representation because more people would need it. A very simple solution. Yeah. Um, So this is why our number of years representatives in Congress is based on how many people live in each state and then that's split up into districts. And that makes a lot, to me, makes a lot of sense. Right. So Florida here um, has 29 districts. We have 29 representatives in Congress and therefore we have 29 electors. So, um... Here we go. So this is also why completing your census, I'm going to do my, that was my census thing. We'll cut that out. I already said it. Um, So, so many political decisions stem from an accurate count of a state's population. Uh, But say, Jay, what about states that have small populations and thus less representation in the house? What about states that have small populations? Like Rhode Island. Exactly. Like Rhode Island. Um, Well, we have a rule for that. Most states with the smallest populations were found below the Mason-Dixon line, aside from Rhode Island. Um, Some of you may recall that slavery was legal and super prevalent in the South. Yes. Um, So at the Constitutional Convention of 1787, the same one where all of the Electoral College nonsense went down, the men in charge created what's called the Three-Fifths Compromise. This is ringing a very, very small and faint bell. In my this back of stated my mind. that three out of every five slaves would be counted in the population size directly affecting congressional representation and therefore your electoral college representation. That's right. Only three of every five slaves was considered a human. But they also- so three out of five makes one. Correct. Well, yeah. but they also still couldn't vote. So it was just more about giving more white land and slave owning men more power in the states where they were had they not done this uh the south's representation would have been really low and in creating this compromise uh they actually boosted the south's representation in congress by around 35 percent because the north obviously found slavery to be like abhorrent and not cool but they also had larger population sizes because they had much larger cities got it um i'm looking at our electoral map from the 2016 election isn't it weird it's so weird. I looked at it earlier today um, because I couldn't remember if he had won the if he had won out both popular and electoral, only to be reminded that he'd only won electoral and not popular. So, but listen to this: DC has three electoral votes, and Rhode Island has four. Uh, DC's electoral votes are based on, I mean, as population size, but Rhode Island, Rhode Island is actually the same size as Marion County, Florida. California has 55, which seems to be the most so far of what I can tell. But this is really crazy. Minnesota has 10. 
We're talking about we're talking about how many electoral votes each state has, CJ. Oh, I'm looking at this map now, and I think I understand. So when they color each state a, a solid color, it's just like the state was majority this color. Yes, that is correct. So the this, state was Elizabeth, we'll have to post these maps on the Instagram. Is Murphy this, in place? No, he's just being a good boy. Um, this one makes a little more sense. Okay. He does that. He just judges me. Anyways, we interrupted your history of the Electoral College. You stopped with the three-fifths compromise. Yeah, so um, the three-fifths compromise – um, like I'd stated, was created to increase representation in states that had smaller population sizes, predominantly the Southeast. So you have to, we only have 13 states at this point, the OG 13 colonies, Georgia, right. South Carolina, North Carolina, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I can name all of them. It's not a huge deal. I'm sure you can too. <laughs> um, so anyways, I digress. It had been suggested that the House of Representatives choose the president um, because the House of Representatives was in summation a population a, a representation of the that state's population so they are that state's voice in congress so why not use them to elect the president and this is mm -hmm. all at the co conventional congressional convention of i'm sorry constitutional convention of 1787 i've had wine um as we all have it is happy hour mm -hmm. after all yeah the congressional convention of 1787 i swear i know what i'm talking about um but that idea was scratched because the American president may then curry favor to those in the House who elected him, which would right. completely negate the checks and balances system. It sounds familiar. It sounds like a familiar thought, uh, school of thought. Well, you have to even remember that before we even had a constitutional convention, we acted under the Articles of the Confederacy, where each state essentially operated independently. Um, but it became a problem when Shays' Rebellion happened and they couldn't. Uh, sort of garner militia in time to shut the rebellion down. It was a whole thing. Well, and that's my question about the Electoral College in general. And like, why Why are we talking about like, oh, representing each state? Because states' issues are left up to the state. Correct. So it technically, when you At put that At the time, it, it made sense probably because there were more state issues that were left up to the president. And correct? not even that. At the time, and even through the Civil War, people felt more as terrible as this sounds, more allegiance to their state than they did to their country because they didn't mm -hmm. go anywhere. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's such a good point. So you even have to think about Abraham Lincoln asked Robert E. Lee to be the general for the Union Army, and Robert E. Lee said, first and foremost, I'm a Virginian. That's so right. So this is still something that they felt up until the 1860s. But, I mean, that had to do with the fact that, like, where they lived was where they lived. They didn't really go anywhere. So... You know, I'm from Georgia. I'm a Georgian. That's who I am first and foremost. Like, I'm from Florida. I'm a Floridian. That's who I am first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, when they realized that this would completely negate the checks and balances system, uh, two men, James Pinckney and James Wilson, uh, one of South Carolina and one of Virginia, um, James Wilson was actually the same man at the convention who created the Three-Fifths Compromise, um, oh. suggested the idea of using electors based on population size. Um, which we could just put into the same size of, of representation in Congress because it was a clear sample of population. Was that essentially, was that actually going, at that time, was that a more efficient way to handle yes. the election? Okay. They, they didn't want to do it into a popular vote, I think, because it would have taken way too long. Mm-hmm. And also, and I'm they, sure resources, it just wasn't. Yeah, feasible. and they didn't yeah. want everyone to have the ability to vote either so yeah um landowning white men 
create like have the ability to vote that was it that was done that was who there's could a really good stuff you should know that just came out on voter suppression oh, um, I love that it. i recommend everybody go listen to and you guys should go listen to it i won't get into that today but it they talk about this a little bit and it's fascinating yeah um it's wild to think that even i mean it, it's always been present even when the people who create i mean I do feel bad when people get so angry with the men that founded this country. Um, just, I mean, they were doing a lot of bad things, but I think in their head they were doing what was best for what they felt. It's, it's a whole thing, but, um, everything has to have context. Correct. Everything. You cannot take things out of context at any circumstance in life. Right. And this, in, this includes our founding fathers and the history of this country. Correct. Um, ev- everything's got bad blood, the United States as well. Um, so it needs to be remembered, though, that nowadays we have 50 states, not 13, and most of them have larger representation in Congress. So more are also allowed to vote, more people are allowed to vote, and it's been brought forward multiple times that the Electoral College is no longer an accurate, an accurate sample of how many Americans there are and how the presidential election should work. Um, it's absolutely wild that you can win out the popular election but lose your chance of being president because you don't garner that 270 electoral vote. So do you know, what is the argument for keeping the electoral college? The argument for keeping the electoral college will remain the same. It allows smaller states the voice that they feel like they don't have. So states with smaller populations. So then why do we, like, then that goes back to the same subject of, like, why do we do it by states anyway? Correct. And I think the issue therein lies in the fact that even if you're saying, oh, it's so smaller states have representation, that representation is still based on that small state's population. So really, it's a moot point. You're not getting anywhere with that argument, but that's just my opinion. I'm getting really Um, mad and it's making me hungry. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. I don't entirely know what's going on. And and Because what state issues... Like, the president does not sit in his office and go, like, well, I've got to think about these things, um, but i got to think about each individual state when I think right. about them for very many things, right? Am I wrong? I no, totally no. In wrong. fact, he, he's specifically there. He doesn't have to do that because the Senate and Congress are there to do it for him. So if the president were to come up with an amendment or, or a bill or something – and it then spreads out into Congress, so the House of Representatives, and then the Senate. They take that piece of information, they take that bill, they take that amendment, and they say, "How is this going to affect, um, you know, Elizabeth and and Panavidra? How is this going to affect Julie and St. Pete? How is this going to affect Sarah and, you know, Mayor and Ocala?" And they look at it and they think, "How is this going to affect my population?" So here's a question for you. Is there a way to do away with the Electoral College and go to a popular vote for the election, but keep the proportion of congressional representatives for each state the same? Absolutely. Would that be the logical solution? Absolutely, because the Electoral College is only there because of the congressional representation. They are not mutually exclusive. So you can get rid of the Electoral College and still maintain that level of populist-based representation on a state-by-state basis. Because 
your electoral, your number of electorates, your number of electoral college votes is based on how many people you have up in DC as your US representative. But so that's okay. So then that's where I'm wrapping back around and asking the question. That's got to be why people say the electoral college makes sense because larger states should have more representatives. Correct. Um, but I would say that the two should not be mutually or that no, they are they mutually sh- exclusive. They, sh- they should right. they, be related. They should not be mutually exclusive. We should do away with it. And I believe that we should elect we should elect the president the same way we elect our senators and congressmen. It is plurality based. It yeah. is based on a person by person standpoint. And I and I see where they were coming from in 1780 fucking seven. And maybe up until right. the turn of the century, it makes sense. I understand why it was happening. But I mean Look at it this way. Uh, a few times in, since we've been alive, presidential candidates have won out the popular vote, but they've lost the electorate vote. You have John Kerry, Al Gore, uh, Hillary in 2016. This has happened a number of times where the literal voice of the American people have chosen someone, but because of the electoral college, that person is not president-elect. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me at all. It doesn't. Um, and like I told you already, Julie, much like wearing white after Labor Day, it is a weird old rule that you need to retire. <laughs> Although in Florida, we, I'll say in Florida, that rule doesn't really exist. We have winter white here, but most other it's states true. do care, which is weird. It's very, it's care. very East Coast. Like, oh, have you been to Nantucket? Like, I don't know what that accent was. Please disregard whatever that voice was. Just so I might leave it in. Do you agree that <laughs> the state's uh, congressional representation should be proportionate to their population. I do agree that state um, congressional representation representation should be proportionate to population. Agreed. Um, I do agree with that. I think that that makes an absolute amount of sense. Yeah. I think the problem lies in the fact that we are so entrenched in this electoral college system um, that we're it's going to take a while for it, <laughs> a while for us to get out. <laughs> yeah i mean here's the thing because one thing i think that everybody can agree on regardless of which side of the political spectrum you're on and this isn't related to electoral college sorry to go on a tangent is term limits like everyone's discussing term Mm. limits yes we need congressional term limits but how does how does that even get started because like who in congress is going to be like yep kick me out after eight years like the people absolutely are there. no one that starts with us down here is the people you and have what do we to do rem- what do we do <laughs> um so first and foremost you can petition um because it should always be remembered that this nation was created on the basis that the three of us here talking in this podcast we have the power we are in charge we've put these people into office in theory in theory Yes, in theory. We have elected these people in office. Shit, we pay their fucking salaries. Yeah. Not only do we pay their salaries while they're in office, we pay their salaries for life. Right. So I do believe that term limits should be instated um, for congressional and senatorial um, candidates and those who sit in those offices because the issue of incumbency becomes a serious problem right so for those who may not know an incumbent candidate is someone who's running again to seek re-election for that seat and a lot of times these people run unopposed um in, simply in because, congress 
in Congress, they typically run unopposed. I think this is the first time Lindsey Graham is running opposed in a number of years. Yeah. And he's not doing great. Um, so we'll see how that turns out in South Carolina come November. But they typically run unopposed because the people within that district, the people within that state, don't feel like there's any need to vote them out because they haven't done anything terribly wrong or dubious or what have you. And also they don't know of anyone else who can quote unquote do the job. And it's just sort of uh, the voters become complacent. Complacency is the problem. I think complacency is a problem in such a problem. Yeah. In it's election, a serious in problem. In the general election, I would say that complacency yeah. is a problem. And I think too, and, and maybe this is just me speaking from, you know, my family, but I, I think we see our, not necessarily our parents, but our grandparents or older relatives who commonly vote party line despite truly knowing what that person is like. And I think that's a problem too, which yeah, I think I would say is I, complacency I, in, a, in a sense. I personally see that on across different ages and between both parties. Yeah. I, I see that um, a lot. And actually, um, you know, and I don't blame them. I know this is their job, but, you know, in receiving phone calls from, you know, different parties, you know, hi, I'm representing this party of Florida, whatever. Can I trust you to vote this way up and down the ballot? You know, I tell them no, because I'm going to do my research <laughs> before I vote. I'm not necessarily going to vote 100% one way or another. But there is there is sort of a culture of, like, you ride or die for your party. And Yeah, um, absolutely. Not everybody kind of sticks to that ideal, but many people do. And it's definitely – I personally don't see it just in our parents' generation. I see it across – and it's – I mean – Which do, I will but. say – and I'm bragging this year – Good for you. You should. But right. I, I'm bragging because my dad is voting out of party. Yes, he is. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Go, Tom. I know. Go, he Tom. Doing that. And that's that's really, really cool of him. I think that's fantastic. I think Brandon's grandfather, this is a real shocker, Brandon's grandfather is voting out of party. Gramps. Yeah. Papa. Represent. I know. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot um, to be said for for people that do that. And, you know, your vote counts. So that's that's great. And But I know. think, too, though, that that's like a representation of um, like those people are good judges of character, though. They're not just looking at someone's policy. You know, they're looking at the way this person handles themselves as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then you here's know. so counter not counterpoint but there are people that would argue all I care about is policy and Correct. I don't really care and you know what even though I personally don't agree with that that's that person's right you know my mom said it this weekend she said you know America decides what America wants to become that's kind of what she said you know and she kind of was like you know that is Kelly I is. love that she was like everybody has to decide what but can you say it in her accent you know everybody's just got to decide what they want this country to be and you yep. know everybody cast their vote everybody cast their vote and she was all about you know making sure because my mom and I didn't vote the same way we may have voted some the same way on some of the amendments she asked me what how I voted I couldn't remember off the top of my head I printed a cheat sheet but um she that was her big thing too is like you know you're gonna vote one way or another for the president we may not agree fine but you know voting in your local election is so important 
Oh, so I mean, I, my mom. I preach that consistently. Yeah, I mean, whether we agree on like the presidential portion of this. We agree on the principles of voting and, you know, the importance of voting in your in your local elections. And there's probably more that we agreed on based on the local election than, you know, you would think based on how we're voting for the president, which isn't that funny. And the other thing, too, um, you'll have a lot of judges on your ballot. And I always encourage people to look at the way those judges have ruled. Oh, I, always, I researched always. the judges like like a lot. That was the I think I spent the most time doing that. Yeah, I mean, considering, like, I live with someone whose father is, like, a judge, hold the up for, well, he's an appointed judge, but, um, like, Kyle's dad was always, like, you gotta, you gotta look at the way these people, like, rule their cases and stuff like that, so. I have, me and Matt both have our ballots filled out for everything except for the judges. Who, I'll have to ask you later, Elizabeth, who the judges are up for St. John's County. Your... Send you a pic. Yeah. Oh wait, no, you can't do that. That's like a super federal crime. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Okay, I won't do that then. Wait, you can't ask someone how, who they voted for. She can't send me a pic of her ballot. Oh no, you can't do that. But if it's not filled out, you can. I mean, Sarah Allen can look at her own blank ballot. I can. I can pull it up. I can go to your supervisor of elections website. She's like, why don't I just Google it and keep you out of jail? I wouldn't like for you to be in jail. I mean, I would okay. for sure help bail you out. I would go question? fund the shit out of that one. What was your question? She um, she asked who the judges who were the judges for St. John's County, and I told her that I would just send her a picture of my ballot. She said, don't do that. It's a federal crime. And yeah. I said, okay. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, did you not hear about that girl who was like, if you send me a picture of your ballot? Julie, Julie told me about this. If you send me a picture of your ballot, if you're voting for Biden, I'll like send you, I'll send you nudies. So... We're going to we're going to pause here. Yes, we're going to pause here and we're going to do a part 2. We're totally going to do part 2. Part um, 2. Part dose for our Hispanic listeners. Yes. So, I don't know when that will be released, but we had more for you, but we're getting up there in the time clock. And this is probably a good stopping point since I think we were going to transition to the I don't know who you just said. Pork. For sure. Okay. Well, until next time, guys, cheers, go vote. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.